0: From Outside Magazine and PRX, this is the science of survival. Hey everybody, this is Peter Frickwright, and we are currently working hard on a couple of episodes that will be finished soon, but aren't quite ready yet. So in the meantime, we wanted to bring you a moment from our last story about Phil Broskovic and his experience recovering from a lightning strike. We were deep into the interview, and he told us this really terrible, amazing story But since it didn't have anything to do with lightning, it didn't make the episode. A quick word before we start, the story includes first-hand details of a graphic accident and audio of someone's death. It can be tough to listen to, so be advised. There are two kinds of survival stories. Most are sort of about endurance, people battling the elements or an injury, usually over a long period of time. There's often lots of small mistakes involved, too, that all roll together into disaster. But in the other kind of survival situation, someone puts their life on a razor-thin edge for a split second, and survival means not making one single mistake. And just like a gambler on a winning streak, the longer you play, the less likely you are to see it continue. This story starts at the Royal Gorge near Canyon City, Colorado. It's 2003, in the first year of the Go Fast Games, an annual skydiving and base jumping event.
1: The day before, a guy had jumped out of an airplane and parasail or sailed down and landed, swooped down and landed on the Royal Gorge, and that was impressive. It had never been done before, and all of the base jumpers, all the, everybody was like, "Whoa, that was incredible." That's Phil. He was on the bridge. So on the next day, the Sunday, the final day, um, Jeb Corliss and Dwayne Weston decided to pull a stunt. Jeb
0: Corliss and Dwayne Weston are two of the top base jumpers in the world. They're especially known for proximity jumping. Now, in base jumping, you jump, free fall, pull the cord, and parachute to the ground. Proximity jumping, though, that's when you jump with a wingsuit on, and rather than plummet, you glide through the air around 120 miles an hour. The goal is to fly as close as you can to various objects. Maybe a cliff, treetops, or balloons tied along the route. On that day in 2003, however, they were going to buzz the bridge itself.
1: They got approval based on several restrictions. One was going to fly over the bridge, and one was going to fly under the bridge. Jump out of a plane with base rigs, whew, over and under, deploy, land. Cool, cool. Really great idea. They signed uh, all these pieces of paper, did a video thing, and all promised to stay you know, a couple hundred feet away from the bridge, top and bottom. They're going to do the stunt, but there's still a 1,000 feet of rope hanging into the canyon for rope jumpers and stuff. And it has to be pulled, and I'm rigged. I was part of it. So I put my pack, go back down, pulling up the rope while they're flying around, and get the rope out of the way, and it's all clear. And I figure, okay, I'll stay and watch this.
0: The plan is for Jeb to go under and for Dwayne to go over. And there were people on the bridge taking videos that you'll hear in just a second. They have another guy jump ahead of them to test the winds, and everything is all set to go. When talking about this jump later, Jeb recalls that Dwayne leaned over to him just before leaping out and said, whatever happens, happens. Then
1: they both jumped. We're watching Dwayne Weston and he's flying, but then all of a sudden he dips his arms on his feet and he, what he's doing is he's losing altitude, deliberately dropping altitude. And unbeknownst to all of us, he has altered the plan. He's not going to try to fly a hundred feet over the bridge. He wants to fly through the damn bridge, between above the railing and below the suspension cable, and between the two, you know, riser cables—a very small window. And uh, after about the second, third time he's, you know, dropped altitude, the base jumpers and myself are all going, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! He's too low! He's too low!" And sure enough, um, he, at the very last moment, he dipped his left hand to turn. And any time you turn in a wingsuit, you drop altitude right away. And it shook the bridge like some weird hallucinogenic experience with that ringing and dead silence after that.
0: Jeb, the other jumper in the stunt, landed safely. Phil and everyone else who had just watched this all happen, they were in shock. They didn't know what to do. Eventually, the local search and rescue team collected the remains, and the whole event was over.
1: But I had to, like, leave, and I just remember how much heavier my pack felt. (laughs) Like, four times heavier than it did before, and I, I had to walk away. And I got to the car, and... All of us met down in Canyon City, the jumpers and everything, to just process and deprogram or whatever, vent. It was just un- unbelievable. And I just cried and I shook and I just, you know, couldn't believe what had just occurred. You know, this is one of the greatest guys in this sport and he's no more, you know. Um, but the interesting thing about that sport is you get to be the best through attrition. Number one dies, you're the number
0: one. When you talk to base jumpers and wingsuiters, you hear a lot about how they live for the sport and how jumping is the only time they feel alive. I think anyone who enjoys an adrenaline sport can relate to that. I know I can. But the other thing a lot of base jumpers say, that you don't hear as much, is that if you decide to take up the sport, no matter how careful or conservative you are, you're going to make friends, and then you're going to watch some of them die. And that's just how it works. One study found that 76% of wingsuiters had witnessed death or serious injury. Someone dies base jumping about every two weeks, on average. Base jumpers say you should find a way to make peace with that before you start. I think deep down, we all want to fly, but it's not all weightless joy. Talking to Phil about being on the bridge that day, or even watching that video, is in its own way an introduction to what flying would really be like.
1: There was nothing to do, and that's a hopeless feeling. That's an empty, empty feeling. Yeah. And then, almost a year from the
0: day Dwayne Weston died, only a few feet from the exact spot where it happened, Jeb Corliss base jump from the Royal Gorge Bridge. He survived. This piece was produced by Alex Ward. His website is soundslikepictures.net. This is The Science of Survival. We'll be back next week with a full episode.